Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Can you guys believe it? We're here. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas this week. Wow, where has the time gone? Isn't it amazing? Like, it's already the end of 2018 already is, uh, is here. We're going to be bringing in the new year anytime soon. Uh, very, very soon. Guys, God has been so gracious to us, hasn't he? Hasn't, been God, hasn't God been gracious? He's been so gracious to us this year. You know, no matter what kind of year you've had, okay? Like, no matter. I, I want you to look at all the times that God has been faithful to you. Take a moment just to reflect on that this year. Think of 2018. Think of all the times that God has been faithful to you. Through the trials, through the pain, through the hardship. Have there been glimpses of God's grace through all that? Have you seen glimpses of God's grace through the hardship, the difficulties, the trials, and the tribulation? I bet you there has been. I bet you there has been. And it's so important for us to reflect on those things, to be thinking about those things, those ways that God has been absolutely phenomenal and shown us so much grace. Whether you've had an awesome year or whether it's been one with a lot of turmoil, God has been faithful through it all, through it all. He has been faithful to us as a church community. He's been faithful to us here as well at Swerve Church. In fact, next week, you're not going to want to miss out, guys, next week because we'll be wrapping up the year with a family Sunday. So the kids will be with us in service. So it'll be a little loud and rambunctious, but we're going to have the kids with us in service and we're going to have what we call a Vision Sunday. We're going to take a moment to reflect on all that God has done in this year and how he's used you, each and every single one of you guys, to impact our neighborhood and to grow as a church community. So next year, we're going to spend some time to celebrate all that God has done. You're not going to want to miss out. All right, now, as we get into today's topic, let's take a poll. Listen, it's not any fun. If you don't participate, if you don't help us, then it's not any fun. Let's take a, let's take a poll by a show of hands, okay? Here's the poll. It's a very, very important question. Um, here we go. Who prefers milk chocolate? Raise your hand. Okay? I see all the godly people are here in the front row. All right? Okay. Now, who prefers dark chocolate? Raise your hand. Ooh. Uh, burials, you can add them to the prayer list this week. There's a couple hands in the back that we that we could be praying for. Uh, oh, but listen, guys. All right, no matter what you like, I don't like. I I prefer milk chocolate. Uh, I don't like dark because it's it's bitter, right? It's such a has this bitter taste. Um, not not listen. How many? Don't raise your hand, okay? How many of you guys know someone who's as bitter as dark chocolate? All right? How many of you guys know someone that's like that? Right? You're just, you're trying to figure out. If they just woke up on the wrong side of the bed, or if they're just wearing their underwear two sizes too small, right? You don't like you don't understand like what makes them so bitter. You know what I'm saying, All right? Or, or you know what, guys? Listen, don't kid yourself, okay? We've all had a little dark chocolate inside of us, right? If we're honest with ourselves, be honest. We've all dealt with a little bitterness in our hearts from time to time, isn't that right? In fact, I think during this time of year, we can experience this as well. You know, some of the great things about Christmas is the time that we can spend with family and friends. Maybe some people that you haven't seen in a long time. The bad thing about Christmas is the time you spend with family and friends and seeing some people that you haven't seen in quite some time, right? Because the Christmas holiday has a way of heightening emotions. It heightens stress levels and anxiety. And while we love time with friends and family, let's just be honest, Sometimes there's relational strife, sometimes there's resentment, sometimes there's bitterness that can take root in our hearts, right? And it, it'll, it'll take roots deep down in our hearts that we'd be glad to do without during this Christmas time. 
For example, let's just say hypothetically, right? Everybody say hypothetically. Let's say hypothetically you decide not to go to the in-laws for Christmas dinner because you decide to spend at home with your immediate family and friends. But according to the to the law and the binding contract that you signed when you agreed to marry this person, you must attend Christmas dinner, right? And if you don't, you suffer excommunication and maybe execution, right? If you miss out on Christmas dinner, right? So you don't go. And what happens? Bitterness. Bitterness happens when you don't go, right? Now, you know, maybe this is a little bit of an exaggeration, but maybe not. Because bitterness has a way of ruining things. And if you let it linger around, it can silently destroy you from the inside out. And when we speak of a bitter person, I'm sure most of you were able to think of someone immediately. It came into your mind, somebody that you were thinking about, uh, right? You were thinking about uh, that bitter person, right? And, and if they're there, don't point at them. Don't look at them, all right? Don't give them any clues that that's them. Don't do that. That's not nice. We're in church. But what about you? What about you? Have you ever experienced that bitterness? Have you ever been that bitter person? Maybe you became bitter because of something someone said to you, you know, some, something they did to you. You felt betrayed. You felt lied to. Uh, you felt disrespected. You might even have a very good reason to be bitter about your particular situation or this particular person. But all that bitterness does, it, what it does is gives us additional baggage. It gives us additional baggage. It can weigh us down. It could keep us from focusing on what is truly important and from, keep, from experiencing God's best. And in fact, we've been looking at the words of Jesus, right? And we've been trying to take comfort from them as we learn to travel light this Christmas season. We've been looking at these words. And why don't we look at these verses together? It's in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. It's a couple of verses, but I'd love to read it together. Can you guys read verse 28 with me, the first verse? Ready? Go. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Read verse 30 with me. Go. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is like maybe you want to underline that part um, right there in your notes. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So then, how do we put away bitterness during the Christmas season? Because you see, when bitterness takes root, it springs up a fruit that affects you and it affects those around you. Because bitterness is a cancer that spreads and destroys. So then if God wants us to travel light, if bitterness creates all this extra baggage, but God wants us to travel light, and bitterness is extra baggage that we don't need to carry around, then how do we get rid of it? How do we get rid of this bitterness? How do we kill the root of bitterness? And for the rest of our time, we're going to look at three things that Ephesians chapter 4 tells us we should do to get rid of bitterness. Are you guys ready? All right, you're not too bad. I'm going to get it to you anyway. How do you kill the root? You got some bitter people today. All right. All right. How do, you, how do you kill the root of bitterness? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 to 32 says this Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting, and slander be removed 
from you along with all malice. Read verse 32 with me. Ready? Go. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Here's number one. If you're taking notes inside of your bulletin, do you have message notes? Take those out. You should have received the pen and you can follow along in a couple fill in the blanks. Here's number one. Kill bitterness with kindness. Kill bitterness with kindness. Guys, let's be realistic here. How difficult is it to show kindness? Now listen, not when everything is fine. When everything is fine, of course, anyone can be kind when everything is going your way. Right? But when you're harvesting bitterness in your heart, that's a whole other story, isn't it? The definition of kindness is this. It's the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. How difficult is it to be friendly, generous, and considerate to someone who hasn't extended the same to you? This week I went to BJ's. By the way, all good stories begin with that line right there, right? And uh, while I was leaving the store, I had my car, and we're picking up desserts, right? For Christmas Eve, by the way, you know, shameless plug, come tomorrow, Christmas Eve. I'd love to see you there. We're going to have a dessert buffet. And so we have a cart full of desserts, and we're leaving the store. Uh, when all of a sudden, you guys know how it is, there's tons of people shopping and everything. Someone's in front of me. We're all heading to the exit, and, you know, there's that guy that has to, like, put a hole, uh, punch a hole in your receipt or whatever to leave. Right? And so we're going, and on our way there, everybody's heading that way. The guy just stops in front of me. This guy just stops, randomly stops in the middle of the aisle. And, of course, he just stopped abruptly. So, unfortunately, the back of his foot got pinched by the front of my cart, and, uh, and it just pinched, it pulled down his shoe is what it did because the BJ's carts are pretty big. They don't hang too low, thank God. But it, like, it, put, it pinched down his shoe. So I told him, excuse, you know, excuse me. I guess he didn't hear me because he looked at me and he said, you can at least say I'm sorry. Right? Now, I don't know what you would have done in that scenario, but everything within me wanted to say, well, dummy, like, don't just abruptly stop while everybody's heading to the exit. Don't just stop in the middle of the aisle where everybody's going in the same way. Get out the way, right? And then punch him in the throat and steal his mega-sized bag of M&Ms, right? Right? That's what I wanted to do, but I, I didn't, thank God. I wanted to. But you see, kindness, guys, is a fruit of the Spirit. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit, which means that it is something that is produced by and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at what Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23 says. Read these two verses with me out loud. Ready? Go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Would you guys just uh, circle the word kindness right there? And you guys will notice the Holy Spirit empowers us to have this kindness. Now listen, while bitterness is a byproduct of our sinful flesh, kindness is a byproduct of, of where? Where does that come from? From the Spirit. All right? It comes from the Spirit. Bitterness comes from our sinful flesh. But kindness is a byproduct of the Spirit. This is something that we can obtain and that we can practice by the power of the Holy Spirit to respond in situations where you might otherwise be bitter. Like when someone stops in front of you, you know, abruptly on your way out of BJ's, you know, and you, and you hit his foot and you apologize and he still asks for more apology. I'm not bitter. I'm getting over it. Would you say that this describes you? Would you say that kindness describes you? Would you say that by the power of the Holy Spirit and with God's help, 
that you're able to kill bitterness with kindness. Is that true about you? You know, I think about that moment in the, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is moments away from being betrayed. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's about to enter an unfair trial and ultimately a crucifixion. And then Judas comes in. One of his own disciples. One of the guys, one of his friends. One of the guys that he invested time in. One of the guys that he discipled and taught. Judas saw him heal the leper and, and, and give sight to the blind. Judas was with him when he, when he raised a, a person from the dead. And when, when he did all these miracles and when he showed love and compassion to everybody. One of his own disciples, a man that he spent countless hours investing in, pouring into, leading and teaching. Judas comes and betrays Jesus to the hands of the religious leaders. Now let me ask you a question. If that was you, would that have harbored some resentment in you? Would that have harbored some bitterness in you? Yeah, what does Jesus do? What does Jesus say? You can read it for yourself in the New Testament. He calls Judas by his name. He says Judas. And he calls him friend. In that moment, when Judas betrays him. Now, I know some of you guys, and you would have called him, but you wouldn't call him by his name. Right, you guys would have said something else, right? But Jesus says, Judas, friend, you betray me with a kiss. So what are some practical ways? What are some practical ways that you can share kindness instead of bitterness? Let me give you one way. I just want to give you one way today. Uh, we can probably list out several. I bet you guys have some ideas on how you can extend kindness uh, even through bitterness. But one way, instead of answering someone with harsh words, all right, like what I wanted to say to the guy in BJ's, right? Even if you think they deserve it, here's what you can do. You can give a gentle answer. And Proverbs 51 says this. This is not in your notes, but maybe you want to take your pen and just write on the side. And you can just write Proverbs 51 so you can look it up later. But it says this. It says that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word, what does it do? Stirs up anger. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Here's a very practical way that you can return kindness instead of bitterness, as you can give a gentle answer. So how do we put away bitterness? We kill bitterness with kindness. Who's ready for number two? You guys ready for number two? Here it is. Kill bitterness with compassion. Kill bitterness with compassion. Ephesians 4.32 once again says, And be kind and what? And compassionate to one another. Compassion is the awareness and understanding of someone else's suffering and the desire to do something about it. Let me say that again. Compassion is the awareness and understanding of someone else's suffering and the desire to do something about it. Compassion is the feeling that bubbles up inside of you whenever you experience an injustice or whenever you see a sad adopt-a-cat commercial on TV. That's, that's the compassion that kind of bubbles up inside of you. Compassion compels us to put ourselves in the other person's shoes and to try to understand their feelings and what they're going through. When you're compassionate, you're empathetic, right? You're feeling what the other person is feeling. When you're compassionate, you are sympathetic. You feel bad for what the other person may be going through or that they're going through right now. And it's the same feeling that Jesus felt one day 
when he was ministering and he was serving the crowds. He was serving the crowds. He was doing miracles. He was serving people. He was healing the sick. He was preaching the good news of the kingdom. And then the Bible says this in Matthew 9.36. It says, when he saw the crowds, he felt, what did he feel? Say that out loud. He felt compassion, compassion for them. Because they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. Would you guys just circle the word compassion in the verse right there? Jesus felt compassion in that moment. He felt compassion for the people that were sick and hurt. You know, another thing about compassion is that it doesn't only move your head and heart, but ultimately it moves your hands and feet. In other words, it moves you to action like it did for Jesus. Ultimately, it led Jesus to the cross to die for the people, for the sins of all the people. You know, so often we build up bitterness because most of the time, who are we concerned about the most? And that's why we build up bitterness because we're concerned and we're preoccupied with how we feel and how we were offended and how my feelings were hurt. Because we are so selfish by nature, very rarely do we stop to think about the other person. Have you guys heard of this story? Did you guys hear about this Muslim man who faced his son's killer in court? It's a moving story because uh, this man, his son was murdered in cold uh, blood by this man. And, and so he's in court, he's facing his son's killer. But instead of harboring resentment, bitterness and hatred, you know what he does? He extends compassion. How does he do that? Literally. Remember, compassion doesn't just move your heart and head, but it moves your hands and feet. He extended compassion with a hug. That's the picture that you guys see there on the screen. And he said these words. He said, I'm angry at the devil who's misguiding you and misleading you to do such a horrible crime. I don't blame you. I'm not angry at you. Look at these words. I forgive you. How can you extend compassion so that you can kill the bitterness that holds you back this Christmas? I think it begins with empathy. It begins with putting yourself in the shoes of the other person or the other group of people or the person that offended you or hurt you. It begins by allowing God to break your heart for what breaks His. But compassion, guys, always moves to action. How can you demonstrate compassion? Maybe it's with a hug. Maybe it's with a text message. Maybe it's with looking them in the eyes and giving them a handshake. Maybe it's by sitting at the dinner table with that person, sharing a Christmas meal. Maybe it's by getting them a gift. I, I don't know. How can you extend compassion and kill bitterness? Think about it. What are some practical ways that you can do that? We do away with bitterness with kindness. We do away with bitterness with compassion. And here's number three in your notes. We kill bitterness with forgiveness. We kill bitterness with forgiveness. I know we read this verse a couple times. Let's read it one more time. Can we read it together? Verse 32 in chapter 4 of Ephesians. Ready, go. And be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ. 
Do you guys just underline the last part of that verse right there? Forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ. Here is arguably one of the hardest things to do for so many of us. Isn't it true? I bet it might even have been the point you knew was coming, but you wish wasn't. I think some of us knew point three was coming in this message, and you're like, I hope he doesn't say, I hope it is. Oh, he said it. All right? Did you guys hear this story? Because forgiveness is such a hard thing to practice. Uh, when you hear like the story of the one that we mentioned earlier with the, the Muslim man forgiving the man in, in, in court, and you're like, if that was you and you were in his shoes, you'd be like, no way, man. I, I could never do that. Yet it's perhaps one of the most potent things that we can do to demolish, destroy, and to kill and get rid of bitterness. How much bitterness, how much bitterness you may be holding on to right now that has to do with unforgiveness in your heart? How much bitterness is in your, in your life right now because you have unforgiveness in your heart? Maybe you have unforgiveness towards a person, a situation. Maybe you're harboring bitterness and unforgiveness because you're upset at God. And this bitterness, this unforgiveness, you know what it does? It makes you a prisoner. Because all you can think of is how you were hurt and what was done to you. Or even worse, how you might get revenge. In 1986, uh, an officer by the name Stephen McDonald, he was patrolling Central Park. This is about 32 years ago. He was patrolling Central Park with two other officers when they responded to a call of some young men uh, that were up to no good. They were loitering in the park. And when they approached the young men, one of them, a 15-year-old by the name of Shavad Jones, he took out a, a pistol, he took out a gun, and he shot the officer three times. As a result, Officer McDonald suffered permanent injury. That's the picture that you see, guys, you guys see there that he's being rushed to the hospital. As a result of these three shots, he suffered permanent injury to his spine, paralyzing him for the rest of his life. And he was a young guy. It drastically changed the trajectory of his life. He could no longer patrol the streets of New York City as an officer. However, instead of harboring bitterness and resentment towards Jones, I want you to read these words that he said. He said, I forgave him because I believe the only thing worse than receiving a bullet in my spine would have been to nurture revenge in my heart. McDonald knew that to harbor that bitterness in his heart would have been to imprison him. Yet how many of us put ourselves in a prison of bitterness and unforgiveness? You can kill bitterness with forgiveness. You're saying, Danny, no, I can't. The reason we can is because God has shown us forgiveness. In fact, this is the whole reason why we celebrate the Christmas season. Danny, I thought we celebrate Christmas season to get gifts and to eat food. That's not why we celebrate. We celebrate Christmas because of this very fact. Because Christmas helps demonstrate our utter hopelessness. Christmas should be a reminder of our detriment and our sin and waywardness. So while it's the happiest season of all, it should also remind you of how sinful you really are. Because the hope of Christmas is that God loved us so much that love came down. That God entered his creation. It's the incarnation. It's God in flesh through the person and work of Jesus. Our sin eternally separated us from God, but God did not leave us in our sinful state. 
Instead, He provided a way to grant us forgiveness. And the whole reason we have little baby Jesus in a manger this Christmas season is because God is a forgiving God. And what you need to understand is that your sin doesn't simply merit a slap on the wrist. It doesn't merit a papao or a timeout in the corner. Your sin merits death and eternal separation from God. And what you need to understand is that is what your sin deserves. There's bad news and there's good news in Christmas. The bad news is that you're dead in your sin. And in your sin, you have no hope, you have no future, and you're headed to hell. The good news of Christmas is that God is so madly in love with you that Jesus was born. He was born so that he would die. He died in our place. He paid the punishment for our sin so we wouldn't have to. Your sin debt is paid. And that is the power of Christmas. And all you have to do to experience this forgiveness is put your faith in Jesus. And if you're here today and you haven't put your faith in Jesus, maybe you've tried religion, you've tried good deeds, you've tried church attendance, but none of those things have the power to save. It's only putting your faith and trust in Jesus. What better time than the Christmas season to surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus? Because we've been forgiven of much, we too have the power to forgive. I love what Colossians 3 verse 13 says. And as we finish today's message, would you guys read this verse out loud with me together? Ready? It's in the notes and on the, on the screen. Ready, go. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Don't allow bitterness to take root. Kill bitterness with kindness, with compassion, and forgiveness. Let's pray. Lord, I know that there are probably a thousand good reasons to retain bitterness against those who may have offended us, or may have harmed us or hurt us. But I pray that we wouldn't allow bitterness to create extra baggage for us this Christmas. Instead, that we would be able to do away with all bitterness, with all anger, and all wrath. Help us instead by the power of your spirit to respond with kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. God, we acknowledge that we totally cannot do this on our own. It is so difficult, but only by your grace and your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.